Welcome back to the energetics of everything, your favorite place to learn about all things wealth, health, and personal development from an energetic perspective. If you are someone who is in pursuit of both being the best version of yourself and creating a wildly impactful life, then this is the place for you. Throughout this podcast, you will learn how to use my hindsight as your foresight as you identify your purpose, optimize your behavior patterns, and create a ripple effect of positive change that your soul knows you're capable of. My name is Eden Carpenter, and I am so excited to be a part of your personal growth today. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the energetics of everything. I have a slightly controversial episode that we're going to talk about today. I've been wanting to talk about ADHD and human design for like two years, but I've had this hesitation to talk about my opinions because I have really strong opinions on this and we're going to talk about it today. So I'm opening up the conversation and the dialogue around human design, ADHD, and my opinions. And I will remind you, I have the 17 to 62 channel with lots and lots of heavy placements there. I literally have gate 17 three times and gate 62 twice. I'm a very opinionated person. This is my perspective. and I'm going to explain my perspective on it. This is coming from somebody who I have a brother who was diagnosed with ADHD and was medicated his entire childhood for ADHD from the ages of six or seven when he first went on medication and he's in his twenties now, early twenties, and he's still on medication for ADHD. So I've seen this from that perspective. I'm also somebody who has a little bit of a background. I do have a nursing degree, even though I'm not using it. So I kind of understand some of this from a medical perspective. I've done a lot of my own research and I know human design pretty well. I'd like to say that I understand human design pretty well. So I have this energetic perspective that I'm going to be adding on top of this, but the internet has tried to convince me for the last two years that I have ADHD. And it's so funny that I had a video go viral of my husband just initiating a thing and he was playing with the dogs. And I think we talked about that in the last episode, but a lot of people were asking like, oh, does he have ADHD? And they're like trying to diagnose him based off of this 60 second video, not even 60 seconds, right? It's less than a minute. They're like, oh, I wonder if he has ADHD. He probably has ADHD if he's doing things like this. It's just time, right? Everything in me is saying it's time to talk about ADHD and human design. So let's talk about, I think I need to talk about my brother's design. So my brother is a sacral generator. He's a five, two sacral generator, and he has every single center undefined in his chart, except for one. He has the 60 to three channel, this channel of mutation. So my brother is a sacral generator. Okay. He's got all of these undefined centers He's got this root center pressure and literally the only definition, the consistent thing that he brings to the situation is breaking through limitations. Gate three has this energy of chaos and gate 60 is about breaking through. So what he consistently does is breaks things apart, breaks down limitations, challenges the rules, challenges the status quo, creates chaos to innovate. He's an incredibly innovative, incredibly driven individual. But growing up, 
he was amplifying all of the other people in our house. I have seven siblings before my parents divorced. There were 10 people in this house. Okay. 10 people of those 10 people, three are not emotionally defined. So he is around seven emotionally defined individuals, a lot of emotional manifesting generators, a lot of manifesting generators to begin with. And then my dad is a projector and my sister is a projector. So there's two projectors and then pretty much everyone else is generator or manifesting generator. And we have a lot of definition. Looking at his chart, looking back, it makes so much sense that he like didn't know when to stop. He would just go, 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 push the boundaries, push the boundaries, push the boundaries, push the rules, see if he could get other people involved in creating some chaos, creating some excitement. He's got root center pressure, this movement, this hyperactivity, this internal drive to do things. And then a sacral response that says, I got to do it now. Even if it's chaotic, I got to do it now. Let's do this. Let's move. Let's bump and grind. Let's go. This combination, looking back, it made so much sense. It makes so much sense that he was diagnosed with ADHD because his design is very pressurized, very motorized, very active, but also this undefinition creates chaos. The undefined energy, we can get lost in it. It can feel overwhelming. It can feel amplified. And so he's amplifying and picking up on the feelings of all the people and the identity of all the people and that throat center and the inspiration and what's safe for other people. He's picking up on and amplifying so much freaking energy (laughs) from seven siblings, from all of these energetic people around him. And because his throat center is undefined and he has one, two, three, four, five, six, he's got six mental conditioning gates in his throat centers. There's a lot of this energy around, like, I just want to be heard. I just want to be heard. I want to be the center of attention. And so he's trying to attract attention through words, through actions and the consistent action that he has access to in that sacral center and G center is breaking through limitations, breaking down the chaos, doing things differently. It's individual circuitry. So it's this, I'm going to empower people to move through stress, to do something chaotic, but just go, go, go. And like this man, he can do backflips on a bike, like on cement. He's trained himself to do backflips on a bike. He is fearless in every single way. Currently he's in college and he's getting these two major super sciencey degrees. He's working with like teeny tiny proteins. He's working in a lab. He is incredibly intelligent, has a 4.0, but when he was a child, we were like, he's not graduating high school. This boy is chaos. He is so immature. He is just like destruction in an individual. And so he was medicated for his entire life. He was medicated. That's my story. And that's my perspective of my brother. When the internet was trying to convince me that I have ADHD, it was just describing things that I associate with my human design chart. I easily associate with my human design chart. It's simple things like you have a lot of energy or you fidget or you have anxiety. So fidgeting for me, anxiety for me, I'm a triple split definition. And so my energy, it's bouncing all over the place in three different ways. I've got four motor centers. I have a defined root center. I'm a fidgety person. I physically have a lot of energy that needs to bounce around and needs to move around. I do really well when I have multiple things going on. It's almost impossible for me to create a to-do list and go check box, even task one, task two, task three. I can't do that. I don't even make checklists. I don't even make to-do lists. I just think about things and then respond. 
this executive functioning, I feel like people don't understand that when we leave home for the first time, we are leaving a penta. We are leaving a lot of the conditioning that we have literally grown up our entire lives around. And so I see a lot of people who are saying they were diagnosed later in life with ADHD. And what I think is really happening for a lot of these people is they're used to borrowing the energy of people around them. They're used to having access to whatever channels, whatever gates, whatever centers they had access to around their family in their home life. But then we associate those traits as ours. We assume that because we've had access to it for 18 years, for our entire life, that it is a part of who we are when really, and then like you move out for the first time and all of a sudden you can't do this thing that you always could do. So for me, how that happened is my mom's a quad left. She's a quad left and she has a defined head center and G center. She has a lot of conditioning, like she's a major conditioner for me and I'm a major conditioner for her just based off of our designs. Love that for us. It's been a great relationship, but I have three of my arrows pointing right. So I'm a very passive person. I am not designed to do things step A, step B, step C. She's a four one, I'm a six two. So we've got some difference in energy, but for the longest time, my identity was very much a reflection of my mother's identity. And so my conditioning was like, I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I know I'm going in this direction. But then when I moved out, I felt like I didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't know what I wanted to do anymore. I didn't feel like I was as structured or as organized or as intelligent. That was a really big thing. It's like, maybe I'm not as smart. My mom always said, I'm such a smart person, but maybe I'm not because I was struggling in school. I was struggling to test well. I was struggling to study. I was struggling to recall and remember things. But around my family's energy, I had access to different things and I was playing with different energy. So it's kind of like another sidebar story. With ADHD, I feel like most of the symptoms can be described and can be managed through your human design. I see a lot of shadows in just in the diagnostic criteria for ADHD. I have a list up right now. We have things like having a short attention span and being easily distracted. If you have an undefined head center, you're easily distracted. Like hands down, (laughs) if I am on a call, if I am talking, sometimes I lose my train of thought literally while I am just sitting here recording a podcast episode. If I am on a call and somebody send a question in the chat and the chat pops up while I'm in the flow, I can completely lose my train of thought because it's this new piece of inspiration that's coming into my aura, that's coming into my world. And so that can easily be distracting. There's certain things that if I am not excited about it, if my sacral energy is not in it, I cannot for the life of me stay interactive studying, especially in nursing school. There were certain things that I could not for the life of me, make myself study. I would sit there. I would look at the textbook, try and read it. And I could not make myself read it. I could not make myself get through that content, no matter how much I tried. I was telling myself that I was struggling with executive dysfunction. I can't do the thing that I have to do in order to be successful. I'm not going to be a good student. This isn't working for me all of that. I was like, I'm not doing enough, but really it was that my sacral energy wasn't in it. And I was trying to make a decision from my mind. I was trying to say, I have to study this if I'm going to do well on the test. But my body was saying, eh, you don't actually have to study that. We have our own methods of becoming successful. We have our own process for doing things in a certain way. So that's another kind of tidbit. I just feel like so much of the ADHD 
diagnostics and the things that are, of course, making people feel more seen, more understood. I love that we are recognizing our mental health and recognizing our neurodivergency because I don't believe all of our brains are designed to work the same, but I don't think that it is a disorder. I don't think that it means that something's wrong with you. I genuinely think that it's just differentiation. And a lot of times I know that my brother was put on medication because of the people around him. He was medicated because my parents had a lot of kids. They had a lot going on. They didn't know how to take care of him. They didn't know how to clear out those undefined centers, give him his own space, give him the ability to clear out and let go of our energy. From my perspective, he was amplifying it, right? He would just feed off the energy of other people. He would get stuck in that energy. And so they needed to just give him other things to respond to. And of course, I'm not a parenting expert. I do not have kids. This is just like the information that's coming into my brain from this perspective. But I feel like most of the ADHD symptoms can be described in your human design chart. And the issue that I have And again, this is just my perspective and this is my opinion. This is not truth. I don't believe anyone actually knows the truth. I believe that we all kind of have to figure it out for ourselves because the smartest people in the world are fighting and starting wars and killing each other, arguing over what to believe in and what is true and what is right and what is wrong. If the smartest people in the world are still debating on facts and still trying to make sure that they know for certain around certain things, why am I doing it? Why am I trying to come up with the ultimate truth? I don't know it. I'm not going to know it because there isn't one. There is not an ultimate truth. There is versions of the truth. We all get to choose our versions of the truth. And so this is my version of the truth. And that's what I'm sharing with you today. And if this works for you, this resonates, you can borrow it. You can stick with it. And if it doesn't, you don't have to keep listening. And that's completely fine. So the non-self, I feel like a lot of the ADHD symptoms are coming from the non-self. We have this awareness of something that we think we should be able to do, but we can't do consistently. Just think about the centers. Just think about the undefined centers. If you have an undefined head, undefined Ajna, you are in the space where you get a lot of inspiration. You don't always know exactly what's true. You see things from multiple perspectives And you don't have a specific way of organizing information in your brain. It's very passive. You pick up on and borrow things from other people. But sometimes that makes recall hard. Sometimes that feels like you don't remember things. Sometimes that makes you feel forgetful. Undefined head center is very much like, I lose my keys all the time. If I'm tidying up, all of a sudden I'm looking around, I'm like, okay, I have piles all over the place, but I haven't actually put anything away. Or if I'm cleaning up my house, all of a sudden I find myself reorganizing my closet when I still haven't put the rest of the laundry away and things like that. But that's not necessarily a distraction. That's me just following my energy. That's my perspective there. Okay. What I want to do next is I actually want to just read through a list of symptoms of ADHD that can be found in adults. And I'm just going to tell you from my perspective, if I saw that, what would I be looking at in their chart and how would I be encouraging them to work through this and fix this? So the first one is carelessness or lack of attention to detail. If you have a lack of attention to detail, it's possible that you just have a peripheral view perspective. 
There are some people that take in the big picture, but don't take in the details. But then there's people like me. I'm a focused view perspective. I see only the details, but I miss a lot of other things. I was on a walk with my husband the other day. We were hiking like 45 minutes into this hike. And I look up, I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this birdhouse. That's so cool. They have this really pretty, super colorful little birdhouse. I was like, that's amazing. He's like, you haven't seen the other like 30 of those? that have been on this trail. I'm like, no, I was looking at this. I was focused on this. I was looking at the sky. I was just feeling into my vibe. I was missing these very, very brightly colored birdhouses that were directly on the path because I was focused on different things. So carelessness and this lack of attention to detail Some people aren't detail-oriented. I'm a very detail-oriented person, but I can get so stuck in the tiny, tiny details that I miss bigger things. And that's not necessarily a dysfunction. That is just how my brain operates and how my brain works. Continuously starting new tasks before finishing others. This could be undefined head center, or it can be a shadowy expression of sacral energy. So if you're always starting new things, but not finishing old ones, you might be a manifester. You might be a manifesting generator. You might be someone with an undefined head center where you're just like, oh, that's a cool idea. Let me jump into this. And then you realize that it's not actually something for you, but you let it go because the energy isn't there anymore. And you shouldn't have jumped into it in the first place. That's fine. There's so many projects that I have not finished because it hasn't been the time. I haven't had the energy for it. It has not been correct for me to finish them yet. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. Poor organizational skills. I feel like I am both a very organized and a very chaotic person at the same time. I have the channel of the organized being, and I still feel like I'm not organized all the time. I feel like organizational skills comes from having a defined Ajna center. And so if you have a specific perspective of how you see things and how you organize information, that's probably going to translate into other things around your house and other things in your life as well. When I was in school, I had the most detailed planner. I had all of my assignments. I was so organized with all of that information because I needed to be in order to get my thoughts outside of myself, in order to make myself feel less anxious. I had to organize everything in detail with my business. I'm the complete opposite. I don't have anything organized. Nothing, absolutely nothing is organized in the back end of my business. So that's fine. You might have an undefined Ajna center. You may not have a specific way that you organize information in your brain. That's fine. That's not something you have to fix. If you have the inability to focus or prioritize, Sometimes I don't know what's a priority. Sometimes I don't know what's valuable and what's not valuable. That inability to prioritize, it's really about like seeing the value, what's more valuable than others. That's ego energy to me. That is defined or undefined ego energy for me. If you have this ability of like, you're like I don't know what's valuable. I don't know what's not valuable. That's really just ego center energy where you're questioning because you can see the value in everything. It's this, I'm getting lost because I don't have a specific structure for this easily labeled as ADHD. If you're like, I don't know what to prioritize. It's because you're looking at what is most valuable. What's the value of getting this done? What's the value of getting this done? And you get into this page, like everything is valuable. Everything is important. Everything needs to be done. And if you're in that state, it doesn't matter what you start with. It doesn't matter what you start with, but if you're in a spiral around, I don't know how to focus. I don't know how to prioritize. I can't organize myself. You're in introspection and you're in a stuckness 
but that's not a problem that you have that you maybe need medication for. If medication is what works for you and that's what your intuition has led you to, please continue to follow your journey. Please continue to live your life. I'm just a random girl on the internet sharing my opinions. Okay. (laughs) You know, way more about your situation, your experience in your life than I do. This is just an optional perspective. Continually losing or misplacing things, undefined head center, forgetfulness, undefined head center, Ajna center, easy, restlessness and edginess. That to me is root center energy. That restlessness is root center energy. I have a defined root center and I get antsy if I haven't done enough. If I haven't let that energy move through me, I have this internal sense of urgency that I have to get out. So I will get restless and I will be on edge. And really what I need is I need to go release that pressure. There's very specific ways that I do that. But if you have an undefined root center, that's inconsistent. Sometimes working out moves that energy. Sometimes coming up with a plan moves that energy. Sometimes just caring about yourself and seeing how you feel moves that energy. It's going to be a little bit different. And so it's easy to say, oh, I'm super restless and I'm on edge and I don't know how to manage all of this energy. When really in this moment, the solution from a human design perspective would be like, okay, you're edgy right now. Is it your energy? Is it someone else's energy? Where are you picking it up from? Where did it come from? How can we move it? Where does it want to move right now? What's going to be the best way in this moment to let go of this? And there's many options for you, but it's not going to be one thing consistently over and over that's going to relieve that stress and pressure for you. You'll be able to use different things. Difficulty keeping quiet and speaking out of turn. Throat center. Throat center energy all over the place. I see this in undefined throat centers of that difficulty keeping quiet. You just have to say things. It's in your mind. It's in the back of your mouth. It has to come out of you. You're amplifying the voice of other people. I sometimes have difficulty. I will have to consciously hold myself back and say, whoo, okay, you are talking over someone, please just let them listen. And for me, that's because if I'm passionate about something, I have a motorized throat center. I got a lot of energy coming behind my throat center. And on top of that, I have a projected channel there as well. So I have these unsolicited opinions that sometimes want to come through, but don't necessarily need to come through all the time. So the difficulty keeping quiet, speaking out of turn, even blurting out responses and often interrupting others. This is just throat center energy. And I see a lot of people struggle with that when they have a defined Ajna center to throat center connection, where it's this like, oh, I have the answer. Here's my unsolicited advice. When really the solution is like waiting for invitations. When you learn how to tune into that energy and wait for the invitation, then you're mastering your energy a little bit more instead of being in a shadow where you like have to get that opinion out because you're looking for success and you're looking for recognition. There's really like a motivation behind all of this. The next one is mood swings, irritability, and a quick temper. I see manifestors here. I see emotional authorities here. I see undefined emotional centers here, lots of energy. So manifestors, they have that shadow of anger. That's the non-self theme. If things are not going well, people are not understanding them. Anger is going to come through and that can come through in outbursts if the manifestor is not being regulated, if the manifestor is not learning how to regulate their energy. If you're an emotional person, you, of course, you're going to have mood swings. I have 10, 15 mood swings a day, easily every day. If I don't have a mood swing, if I feel the same every day, I'm like, whoa, question what's going on here. (laughs) I'm a little bit more aware of like, what's going on here. How can I fix this? So the emotional center, if you're bottling up your emotions, 
if you're repressing your emotions at some point, they're just going to come out at some point, there's going to be so much emotionality in your body that it's just going to come out. And that can be mood swings and irritability based off the channels you have defined in your emotional center. You can just be a mood swing person, the individual wave. It's steady, 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 steady up, big spike in energy, steady, 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 steady down, big depressive energy. The tribal wave is like a roller coaster. It's like up a little bit, down a little bit, up even more, down a little bit, up a little bit more, really, really, really high jump, big drop. (laughs) It goes like up and down and up and down and up and down and then big down. And so that's a big mood swing that I experience on a regular basis in my early teen years. I thought I had bipolar. I thought I was depressed. I thought I was this super moody, irritable, hormonal person because sometimes I felt great and sometimes I didn't. And sometimes I'd feel really, really good. And then immediately I'd feel really bad afterwards or like the next day it would be a big drop. But that's just emotionality. And then with the undefined emotional center, if you have an undefined emotional center and you're around people who are emotionally defined, their emotionality can get to you. Your actions and your feelings, if you don't know how to be that sieve, that screen, and you're just absorbing and taking on the emotions of other people, of course, you're going to be stressed. And of course, you're going to have outbursts. So all of a sudden you're like, ah, there's too much. I have to let this go. And it just comes out of you because you're in a stress response and your energy is just like quickest way to get this out, let it go. I think about it like tears, right? When we are crying, it's because we have an emotion that is too much. There's literally so many neurotransmitters that are being sent out. All of these signals are going off in our brain and our neurons are like, ah, that's too much. I'm just going to release. And so instead of moving all of those neurotransmitters through all of your nerves and then into your blood system and into your muscles and then being filtered through your liver and being filtered through your kidneys and sorted out as toxins, it just goes straight to your eyes and you just cry. (laughs) You can literally put tears under a microscope and based off of the crystal formations, you can tell what emotion someone was feeling. You can tell the difference in emotion based off of the chemical compound of the tears. So tears are a way that we regulate our emotions. Our brains are like, this is too many inputting signals. Let this out. Why do we assume that doesn't happen in other places? Of course it happens in other places. Emotionally, you're building up all of these big feelings. You might have an outburst. It might not be tears. It may be words. If you have a lot of words that you've wanted to say, but you're holding them back, of course they're going to come out at some point. If you're not regulating that and you're just holding on to it and you are keeping that tab open. So much of ADHD symptoms and what we are associating as symptoms of ADHD is really just dysregulation. And my issue, what makes me angry about this whole ADHD wave is that we're using it to find comfort in our limitations. We are using the label of, oh, I'm ADHD to just assume we have this problem and it's a label, but it's holding us back. It's a sign of stuckness. We are associating the label with our identity. And then we are identifying as the problem. We are identifying as, oh, this thing is wrong with me. And what I don't like, what I really, really, really don't like is that This ADHD movement is so focused on women. There's so many women right now who are noticing their differences and noticing their neurodivergencies and noticing these intuitive skills that are popping up for them and noticing their energetic exchange with other people and their mental awareness and their health and they're raising their consciousness. And then the world is throwing a diagnosis at them. They're saying, oh, that's not intuition. That's a problem. 
That's not your intuition. That's not a gift. That's an issue. You have to fix yourself. But then as soon as we have this label of ADHD, we don't try and fix the problem as much. We try and cope with it. We try and cope with the problem. It can ruin your self-confidence sometimes. What I don't like about ADHD is when people use it as an excuse and they use it as a way to just justify behavior that could potentially be regulated. So using an example of continually starting new tasks before you finish old ones. If you say, oh, well, that's just my ADHD, then you'll probably just allow yourself to continue to jump into things that are not aligned for you and then feel bad about not finishing it. But then be like, oh, well, that's just my ADHD. That's just who I am. And so like, I can see how sometimes it can be beneficial. Sometimes that diagnosis that like, this is why you feel the way that you feel creates the sensation of relief for us. It can create the sensation of, oh my gosh, yes, I am understood. I am seen. I feel heard. I feel like I am not alone. There's this witnessing aspect. However, as soon as it is witnessed, it can also be transformed. You can learn to work with your energy and not necessarily identify as having a disorder, as being wrong, as having something wrong about you. That forgetfulness that like, oh, I'm just going to forget everything. It can put you into a repressive shadow. It can put you into this energy. If I have ADHD, I start a bunch of things. I'm never going to finish it. But then that big idea, like the life-changing idea, the project that is your soul wanting to come through you comes to you and you're like, oh, well, it's probably just going to be another project that I start and don't finish. And so it can put you into the shadow when you're labeling yourself as ADHD, when you're labeling yourself as there's this thing wrong with me, I can't focus on things. I don't have the attention span. It can ruin your self-confidence and hold you back from taking the actions that you could take because you have this conception of if I was neurotypical, if my brain worked a certain way, I would have executive functioning and I would be able to see a plan, make a to-do list, never forget anything, be super organized, build a perfect business, have a perfect launch strategy, do the same thing for the rest of my life, force myself to do everything perfectly. And then my life would be great, but that's not reality. That's not how 99% of us function. Instead of labeling all of these differences and all of these just nuances in our energetic experiences as a problem, we could just learn to work with our gifts. You can be successful without needing this quote unquote executive functioning, which is the ability to do a task when you say you want to do it. Maybe it's the wrong time, right? Maybe that executive function and the rules of I want to do this because logically it needs to be done now. Maybe the universe is saying, hey, actually, if you wait three hours, you're going to get this inspiration. You're going to get this hit. You're going to have this conversation that's going to give you all of this extra information to add to that thing. So I actually want you to wait on this. You're not going to have the ability to do it right now. You're going to struggle with it right now because it's not the time. You could just be in a space where you have this idea of being neurotypical and you're just pushing yourself against yourself. I won't even start on the variables (laughs) because if we get into the variables, we could get into a whole, whole conversation. Manifesting generators, there's this thing around ADHD and where you have like food phases where you want to eat one thing and you get obsessed with that one thing and you eat that one thing over and over and over and over and over again. And then you're sick of it. That's me. As a manifesting generator with closed taste, I get in moods where for three weeks, four weeks, a month, this is all I want to eat and I will not touch anything else. And then it passes, then it moves on. And then I like cannot touch it anymore. That's just 
my cognition. That's just how I understand my relationship to nutrition. I realize that I'm a phase person and it doesn't necessarily have to be labeled as a hyper fixation, right? It doesn't have to be labeled as this is something I'm obsessed with right now. I'm hyper fixated on it. I'm stuck on this loop. It's really just, oh, I'm in a phase of my life where this is what's lighting me up. I'm in a phase in my life where this is the nutrients that I need right now. This is what my body is craving right now. And I'm going to give that to myself. That's a much more empowering perspective, in my opinion. Let me just kind of recap. I see ADHD in a lot of ways as potentially being just dysregulated energy. And I see a lot of incredibly intelligent and incredibly gifted women specifically, but just people in general, finding comfort in the labels of neurodivergent or ADHD, things like that. I think that it might be holding you back a little bit. It might be holding you back. It might be dampening your self-confidence just a little bit to be labeling yourself as ADHD. Instead of ADHD and thinking that there's something wrong with me, I am not neurotypical, I am abnormal. Why don't we just look at it from a science of differentiated perspective and see that everyone is designed uniquely? Everyone's brain functioning is unique. Everyone's internal wiring is completely different and unique. And if you think that you have to make yourself do something in order to get where you want to go, you're in a pattern of stuckness and you actually could just trust your intuition and trust your natural processing because you're designed a very specific way. You're designed with intention. You're designed perfectly. You can be the perfect version of success in your life based off of the gifts that you have. You wouldn't have a desire if it wasn't possible for you. This is my point here. I get it now. I see it. (laughs) Discernment. Use discernment. If labeling yourself as ADHD and self-diagnosing as ADHD feels good to you, then use that. Resonate with your neurodivergent group of people, wear it as a badge of honor, and use it as the permission slip to do things your way. But I really highly encourage you to try and avoid using these labels as restrictions or using these labels as excuses or using these labels to hold yourself back or using them as I have to fix this problem. You don't have to cope with being yourself. That is such a big point there. You do not have to cope with being yourself. Maybe you're wired differently than you think you should be. That's okay. You can accept the wiring that you have. You can accept the process that you have. You can accept what does work for you. And you don't have to try and be anyone else except for who you are. So discernment, if this resonated with you, please let me know. I'd love to know your experience. You can always DM me on Instagram. I love hearing your responses to these podcasts and continuing the conversation over there. And I'm curious about if you have a diagnosis of ADHD or you have self-diagnosed of ADHD, I'm curious if you're able to see the symptoms that you resonate with around your ADHD diagnosis in your human design chart. If you can see it, does that offer a more empowering perspective? Does that feel a little bit better? Do you like that energy? Do you like how you feel from that new perspective? I'm going to stop rambling now, but that is what I wanted to share with you. I said everything I wanted to say today. And I'll talk to you very, very soon. Thanks for listening.